Well, good evening. It is good to see all of you out this evening. We're glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for tonight, we're going back to our one-word study. It's been a while since we've been in our one-word study. Uh, last couple of weeks, we, I was away, and then we had singing night, and so we're getting back into it. And tonight begins a, a portion of our one-word study that deals with obedience to the gospel. And we're looking tonight at faith, next week is repentance, and we'll go on from there. Uh, but these are, are really good lessons to share with family and friends if you have those that are interested in fundamentals of the faith. Uh, it would be a good time to invite them to services. But our lesson tonight is on faith, and actually I believe it was last year we went through each of these individually, but we're going to go through them again. But I do assure you that this is a, a brand new lesson uh, we are talking about faith. Faith is the foundation to Christianity. Faith is defined very well in Hebrews chapter 11. We'll spend a lot of time in Hebrews chapter 11 tonight. But in Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 1, we read this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Faith simply defined, as it is in verse 1, Hebrews 11, it's what makes up our hopes. It's the substance of things hoped for. Uh, ultimately we hope for eternity with God. And things of that nature. And faith makes up that hope. It is the evidence of things not seen. Though we cannot see things with the physical eye. By faith we believe that they exist. And that is all the evidence that we as Christians need. It says in verse 3 that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That everything that is in regard to creation is from God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible our just humanity it's easy for us to try to figure out that there must be something that created the world we want to know who and what that is there are many in regard to science that say that, that God doesn't exist, that, that maybe it just happened. But we know better than that. And faith tells us that. Without faith. In Hebrews 11 and verse 5 we're told of Enoch. And we're told that he had pleased God. And it goes on to say in verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Whether it be because God cannot be pleased with the actions of one without faith or because the one without faith is unwilling to please God. It could go either way. But either way, the, the same thing is stated that God is not pleased with those who have no faith. Faith is the first step into Christianity, followed by 
obedience and repentance, confession of Christ, and baptism for the remission of sins. And once one has become a Christian, he may begin his walk with God, living a faithful life. The word faith is used in different ways in our vocabulary today. It may be used to refer to one's belief, maybe in comparison to another's. One's own personal faith, which would include a, a trust in God's promises, personal obedience to His will. In Scripture, we have the faith of the gospel. We often read of the faith. If it is not in reference to one's personal faith in God, it is referred to in a singular tense to speak of the shared faith of the gospel, the one true gospel, the one gospel that is given to us by God. Reference to multiple faiths or religions is never found in the pages of the scripture. As we only read of one church, so we only read of one faith. And that same faith is the faith that we share in Christ. Our lesson objectives for tonight are first of all to learn what faith means to the Christian or someone desiring to become a Christian. Second, to strengthen our own personal faith in God Christ and the Bible. And I've added this third one. To be able to add what we learn to our knowledge and understanding of God's Word. To be ready to teach others what they must do to be saved. We are to be ready at, at every opportunity to give an answer for what we believe, for our faith. And so as we learn of faith tonight, may we use the things that we learn to increase our knowledge and to better prepare us for the conversations that we may have in our day-to-day -day lives. We begin with faith in action. Hebrews 11 is a good reference point to learning how faith involves action. And faith always involves action. We never read of an instance in Scripture where someone believed in God, but they didn't do what God told them to do. Uh, we never find that in Scripture. There's always action involved in faith. James chapter 2 reminds us in verse 17, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. And verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith involves action. It involves us doing something. As we look at Hebrews chapter 11, the phrase by faith is found 17 times, I believe. I counted them. So, that's pretty close maybe. But 17 times in one chapter, we read, by faith. Now I'm going to summarize 
several of the verses in Hebrews chapter 11. But by faith is given in regard to each of these individuals and their faith. I want to list you to listen to the action that is involved in their faith. First of all, we know that by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than his brother. By faith, Enoch lived in such a way as to please God, and he did not die. By faith, Noah heeded God's warnings of a global flood and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Abraham left his homeland, camped in the promised land of Canaan. It wasn't until later that his descendants inherited the land. Sarah, by faith, conceived and gave birth to a son in her old age. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son on an altar to God because God commanded it. Isaac blessed his sons, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph in regard to things of the future, things in which they would not see. By faith, Joseph mentioned the escape of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning his bones. And we read in beginning with verse 23 of Moses. And there are several instances of this by faith in regard to Moses. In verse 23 of Hebrews 11, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell before, the, before Israel because they were obedient to the Lord's commands. By faith Rahab lived because she received the spies with peace. And further in Hebrews 11 and beginning with verse 32 we read of many more. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised 
to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Verse 39, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They looked for something better, but they didn't receive it. Not in this life. We know that we will all receive that promise together. The promise of eternity with God. In every case of faith found in this chapter, action and obedience were required of the faithful individuals. And still today, our faith is justified in our actions and words. James chapter 2, and looking at verses 18 through 24, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. There's a doctrine that teaches that faith alone will save. And the only place that we ever read of the words faith only, it says that that's not the case. When we understand what faith means to God, we know that action is always involved. Faith, not fear. Fear may cause us to doubt the power of God. Fear may even distort our view of our circumstances. Fear caused the Israelites to view the giants of the land of Canaan as an impossibility to overcome. After spying out the land, we read in Numbers chapter 13 and beginning with verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There, there we saw the giants 
the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were, were in their sight. And the faith that Caleb exhibited in this passage saw victory. Saw an easy victory at that. While the report of the other spies brought fear to God's people. The people made a decision based on what they had been told. They they decided they needed to go back to Egypt. They were so much better in the land of Egypt. Let's just go back. Look at Numbers 14 and beginning with verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now keep in mind what they forgot. Because fear led them to forget some very important things about their stay in Egypt. Fear blinded them to the realities of the sufferings in Egypt. So that they only remembered their needs being met. We had food. We had shelter. We had clothing. We had everything that we needed in Egypt. But what did they forget? They forgot the hard labor And there are many years of slavery. The fact that Pharaoh ordered their male children killed and his stubbornness to even even let them go briefly to worship God. He wasn't willing to allow them to part from him. Not even for a time. These things they forgot because of fear. And all of a sudden... Their time in Egypt was so much better than what they were experiencing. They forgot the faithfulness of God to lead them out of bondage, allowing them to cross the Red Sea when the Egyptian soldiers were not allowed to do so and is caring for their every need from the time of their departure from Egypt. God fed the people. He gave them water to drink. He he gave them everything that they needed. He helped them to survive in the wilderness. They forgot what God did for them because of fear and not faith. Caleb, on the other hand, exhibited great faith. faith. Caleb and Joshua both. Numbers 14 Beginning with verse 26, we read this. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. 
except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years. And bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land forty days. For each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely forty years. And you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed and there they shall die. Verse 36, Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation complain against them by bringing a bad report of the land, those very men who brought the evil report about the land, died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. Because of their faith, Joshua and Caleb were rewarded. They were allowed to enter into the promised land. A generation would perish in the wilderness because of their fear. Because of how their fear had blinded them to the goodness of God. We need to remember to look through the eyes of God. Look through the eyes of His strength. When we face something difficult, we look through the eyes of faith. We can see victory. Because God can provide victory. If we allow fear to rule our lives, then victory will not be possible. As we close our lesson, let's look at faith in the journey. Nearing the end of his life on earth, Paul recalled his personal faithfulness to God. In a very well-known passage, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6-8, through 8, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul's faith allowed him to see the finish line of his race, if you will. And the reward that would follow. And often Paul refers to the race that he ran. Or was running at the time. And we see that race even in our own lives as well. Paul could see the finish line and he could see his reward. He recognized more than just his current faith, but his faithful journey in Christ. He had fought the good fight. 
finished the race, kept the faith. His journey of faith had led him to his current saved condition. His journey of faith had strengthened him to be faithful in the present of his writing. We see that it wasn't just about his faith, the end result, but it was about how he got there. And that's the way it is with us as well. It's not all about the end result and being found faithful in the end, but it's how we get there. The journey matters. Look at Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And here we read of the healing of blind Bartimaeus. In Mark 10, and beginning with verse 46, Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded them to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Verse 52, Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. But what had given Bartimaeus such faith that he refused the warnings of the crowd for him to be quiet, instead crying more loudly than before, Son of David, have mercy on me. What caused him to do that? If his faith had made him well, what led him to his current faith that made him well? Somewhere along the way, Bartimaeus' faith had been built up and strengthened. Someone had told him about Jesus and he believed in him and the miracles that he could perform. There was no doubt in the mind of Bartimaeus that Jesus could do what he believed he could do and because of his faith in Christ, his sight was given to him. But it was more than, than just that faith that he had in that moment. It was what led him to that faith that healed him. Before we were Christians, we had to be taught about the Bible, about God and Christ. And we believed. Romans 10 and verse 17, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith led us to obedience and repentance, confession, and baptism. Like the first of the, uh, the church of the first century that we're told about in Acts chapter 2 and beginning with verse 38 where they asked the question, what shall we do? And Peter told them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ 
for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8 and beginning with verse 36, Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he was baptized for the remission of his sins. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 20, we read, When once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype or a like figure which now saves us baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Baptism saves us. When we are obedient, we are saved through the act of baptism for the remission of our sins. We are saved through our faith and obedience to His Word. Though our actions in and of themselves, uh, apart from obeying the Word of God, it would not save us. It is through these actions that we are justified and through them we are saved from our sins. And remember that race that we were talking about? The same race that, that Paul ran. The one in which he had fought the good fight and, and kept the faith. That race we are qualified to run through our obedience. Faith and obedience qualify us to run the spiritual race. But it is only through continued faithfulness that we receive the reward. Let's go back to Hebrews 11 for a moment and look at verses 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They sought something greater than they could ever imagine. And they will find it, just as we will, at the end of this life. In Revelation 22, and beginning with verse 12, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. 
I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. The invitation to begin a spiritual walk with Christ is open to all. For any who may not have obeyed the gospel, if, if that is your need, then listen to the words of Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Come. If you're in need of repenting, maybe you've not lived a faithful life. This invitation is also offered to you. Come. If you're in need of, in any way, if there is any way that, that we as a congregation can help you, then we offer the invitation to you. And we ask you to come as we stand and as we sing.